Thanks for that welcome. It is good to be here with you at Cairn University. Five days till spring break, right? Now that's worth cheering about. You don't need to applaud for me, but five days till spring break, that's worth getting excited about. So it truly is a privilege to be here, uh, honored to invest the next few minutes with you, excited about the journey God has you on. Um, I'm especially thankful because my son is a student here, loves it here. Thank you for all of you who have welcomed him and um, just made this an amazing place for him to be uh, this past year. I have a tradition when I speak places that before everybody goes to sleep, that I give something away, okay? So before you take your nap, I'm going to give something away. So you're going on spring break. I didn't know where you were going, so... When in doubt, an Amazon gift card usually gets you whatever you need, right? So, $25 gift card. I'm going to ask questions. This is how it works. And it actually ties to the challenge I'm going to share. So, unless some of you are like, ah, he should be straight in Mark chapter 2 right now. What is wrong here? All right? Ties to Mark chapter 2. But here's the, I'll ask a question. You know the answer. Raise your hand. Don't holler it out. All right? As best I can, I'll look with my peripheral vision and see if I can see who called first, and then if you're wrong, I'll tell you it's higher or lower, so pay attention to the answers as they go, all right? Here we go. And if you win, you got to come up here and receive this, all right? So if you cannot make it up here, don't answer. <laughs> here we go. Cairn University led the CSAC conference in the fall for the amount of student-athletes who made the all-academic team how many students from Cairn University made the all? Don't be looking on your phone. If you're looking on your phone, you're disqualified. Thank you right there. Yes, I saw you. How many student athletes made the team from all the fall sports? Chase. 65. It is less than 65. It is more than 52. Yes. 55. It's more than 55. 57. It's more than 57. <laughs> it's more than 59. It is more than 62. Now some of you are like, I'm in the game. Yellow sweatshirt, yes. It is 63. Come on up here. And your name is? Shay Scott. Shay Scott. Give it up for Shay Scott. Thank you. Stay here. Stay here. Stay here, Shay. Shay, tell us, tell us about yourself. Are you, what year are you? I am a second semester junior in the sports management program. Okay. Nice. Right now. Yes. Come out and see us on Wednesday night, Valley Sporting Game. Okay. Hey, hey. Free promo. So, Shay, do, do, do you have any friends? Yeah, I'm friends with Moses. You're friends with Moses? Okay, here. I'm going to start giving you gift cards. Like, do you have anybody who wants to be your friend now that you have a gift card? I'm sure. If I, okay, here's another one for you. All right. Um, here, I'm just going to give you a couple more. These are only 10, so you can keep the 25, but I'm going to ask you to give away some of those other ones, all right? All right, give it up for Shay, please, all right? <laughs> Do you have a girlfriend, Shay? No. no? Hey, ladies, did he's... <laughs> oh, there's... You got two girlfriends? Oh, just one. Okay, you do. Uh, sorry. Okay, okay, my bad. Shay, I did not mean to get you in trouble. Hey, come watch the volleyball team on Wednesday night, all right? Let's just, let's, let's just leave it there, right, Shay? We're good, man. All right. All good. I was not trying to cause problems there. 
So I begin with a question to you, not how many student athletes, which by the way is pretty impressive, so I love that you are student athletes, all right, that's fantastic. But I want to ask you a question today. If you'll stay with me the next 15 to 20 minutes, I believe this passage has a truth that directly impacts our lives. God arrested me with this passage a few months ago, and I have not been able to shake its meaning in my own personal journey, and I hope it will encourage you today. My question to you is this, who needs your faith today? Who needs your faith? And we'll go back to the story in just a few minutes. But we live in a world, in fact, one of the things that, and I'm so thankful we took the time to pray for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and all those who are going through um, something I can't even begin to comprehend. But what it's done for me is it's caused me to get my focus off of myself. I don't want to in any way minimize the struggle some of you in this room may be having right now on a personal level. So please hear me in that. But I also want to acknowledge to you that we live in a world that continues to become more and more self-absorbed. I wonder if part of the cure for my own personal struggles is maybe to go assist somebody else with what they're struggling with. I did a little bit in fun there with Shay, but I'd love for Shay to see somebody this week that just needs some encouragement, say, hey, here's a $10 gift card. I didn't know we got that excited about 10 bucks, but then I forget you're college students. So yes, that's a big deal, all right? It breaks my heart, though, to see how self-consumed our world has become, but it's also what I default to apart from Jesus. Quoting Dane Ortland from the book Gentle and Lonely, the cumulative testimony of the four Gospels is that when Jesus Christ sees the fallenness of the world all about him, his deepest impulse, his most natural instinct is to move toward that sin and suffering, not away from it. I stand in front of you today saying, apart from the work of God in my own life, my default mode is to move away from people suffering. So today I want to look at four men who moved toward the suffering and did not let obstacles keep them from bringing their friend to the only one who could change his life. So as we look at the story, there's a bunch of characters in the story, but my prayer is that we'll focus on the four friends. It's the role that I believe God wants many of us in this room, today, this week, next week on spring break, to play in our work, to, to do in our work, in our play, in our relationships, in our experiences, to be that kind of friend. Mark 2, we read the story. Jesus returns to Capernaum, and people can't wait to see him. He's, he's doing miracles, and everybody says, we got to see this Jesus. He enters in a room. It's so packed with visitors, there's no more room, even outside the door, the Bible tells us. And while he's preaching God's word to them, four men, and I think they're college students, all right? I'm going to show you from the text. I don't think, like, I think there's a couple things that really give the possibility that these are young people arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They've got their friend that they're carrying with rope and probably on some homemade stretcher, some of the things you devise in your dorm rooms that you make into makeshift whatever, and they're carrying their friend because they've heard there's this Jesus that could heal their friend. And they show up at the house where they know he is, and sure enough, they know he's there because it's a sellout crowd. And there's no room to get in. And so a couple of them say, all right, we tried. 
Now, there's a knucklehead in the group, college students. <laughs> he says, let's go up on the roof. You idiot, what are we going to do? It's all, you have to study the Greek to find all this in there. This is my translation to you now. It's not in the Greek, okay, I promise you. But maybe when we get to heaven, we're going to meet this guy and find out, yeah, this is the kind of conversation that went on. Hey, let's go, what are you going to do on the roof? I don't know. Hey, let's dig a hole. Guys, this isn't our house. I know, more the reason why we do it. All right? (laughs) What in the world is going on? Jesus is teaching, and all of a sudden, something's falling through the roof. They were smart enough to get over Jesus. Now they're, like, think about what they're doing. The master teacher, the one everyone's showing to hear, and now they're dropping things, basically. I mean, they're, they're not picking up a piece of the roof, just, okay, good, hey, Jesus, here we are. No, everything we study in Scripture says that that type roof that they were on was going to drop things down, not just take it up. I hear the ringleader yelling down, hey, Jesus. <laughs> He's trying to teach. I can, can you imagine the Pharisees? How dare you interrupt the teacher? But these guys were not going to be stopped. They lower the man down to Jesus. And this is what I love, and this is where God captured my heart in verse 5. Jesus doesn't look at the lame man in front of him. They've got hole in the roof I asked Dr. Williams if we could illustrate it, and he didn't give me the green light. I had a couple college guys say, yeah, we'll dig through the roof, no problem. All right, can you imagine, and here they are, instead of looking, though, at the, I'm looking at the paralyzed man. No, he's looking up there, and he says, seeing their faith. The friend's helpless. It wasn't his faith. It was the friend's faith. That hit me. So easy sometimes for me in my own life to look at me. What I'm struggling with. Where I maybe even need to have more faith. But to get my eyes to focus on this makeshift stretcher that we've made. And then even when the odds are stacked against us, we're going to do the impossible. But we're going to find a way to get this man to Jesus So let me ask you this question. Are you embracing your life-changing opportunities for others? They dug a hole through the roof above his head. They lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. I'm going to say this to you. This kind of proves I wouldn't have been able to do that. This proves the weight room matters for those of you that go to the weight room. All right? You think about the work of lowering him down. And I would say this. They might have been able to let him down, but the faith level they had, because they probably weren't pulling him back out. Seeing their faith, Jesus looks up at four men struggling with crude ropes tied to each corner of a stretcher with a paralytic on it. He looks at them and sees their faith. It could be seen. He did not look at the faith of the paralytic man. Some of you are sitting there and saying, you know what? Josh, I need this today because I need someone's faith in my life because I'm really struggling. I think it's one of the things I love about a university like this. We're all at different places. 
Does God need some of us to take the eyes off ourselves and see someone that's hurting right around us? Sitting right in this room with us. So my two questions for you. Number one, who needs your faith for them right now? And I want to say, if you say, I can't identify someone, I challenge you, ask God to show you. Lots of you are heading home or different places over the next week. There could be a sibling. There could be a friend. There could be somebody. I don't know who that is. I challenge you. Who, ask God, show me. Who needs me to come alongside in their life and encourage their journey? But I want to ask you a second question, too, in the last few minutes together. Is it easier to do something when others are with you? So who are the people pushing and stretching you to do great things for God and others? Now, I'm going to confess a little biasness to you right now. I'm a little biased to the men's soccer program here at CARE. Coach Gibson was my assistant a few years ago. He helped us win games that, as the head coach, I would have lost, so he made me look better than I am as a coach. More than that, he created a culture here, and I love this theme, 11 as one, together but as one. That doesn't mean we don't think individually. It does mean we have people alongside us pushing our faith and courage so we in turn can help others. Go back to these four guys. They're caring enough about their friend to carry him to Jesus. They build the bed. They walk a couple miles or however far it was. They arrive to find out they can't go on. I say multiple of those guys in there say, nice try. Hey, Johnny, we did our best for you, man. We tried. Can't get in to see Jesus. I don't know if the one guy says, you know what? I don't feel like lugging him back. We brought him here to get him healed. I'm not carrying him back. But one of them, crazy. There is no way all four of them are like, hey, let's go up on the roof, dig a hole in it. That's why I love, I tell you, that's why I think it's college students. You come up with ideas like that. You're the ones God's going to use to help change our world. Because you know it's broken. And status quo isn't right. And status quo for our friend, we're ta- we found the only person who could ever heal our friend, and we're not giving up here. But I'm convinced, okay, I, in fact, they may have tried some things to get in there. But one says, listen, on the roof we go, and we're digging a hole. We can hear Jesus. We'll figure out where he is. We're getting him in there. I don't know where the other three friends were. Maybe two of them were on board. Maybe two of them weren't. But somewhere along the way, the reality of it is, there's a very good chance that the people you're surrounding yourself with are either pushing and nudging you towards doing great things for God and to live courageously and to step outside your comfort zone and to have that hard conversation or to share your faith or to live your faith more boldly or we're pulling back. I look at my own life and ask how often I've had this kind of crazy faith for someone else. I'm convinced it was only possible because of the bond of commitment those four friends had together. That's why I love this place. That's why I love settings like this, where we can motivate each other to new levels of faith, courage, and love. That's why I challenge you to look at your closest circle of friends right now and ask, how are you pushing each other toward life-changing impact? Jesus turns to the paralyzed man, and we're going to close here shortly. 
My child, your sins are forgiven. Can you imagine this? The four friends are on the roof. He sees their faith. He turns to the the paralytic and says, your sins are forgiven. Is that what they brought him for? No, they brought him for him to heal him. Jesus, we're not worried about his sins right now. We're not carrying him back. And we got a lot explaining to do to this owner of the house, so we're going to make a run for it. So heal the guy and let's roll. No, he's paralyzed. We want him to walk, not be forgiven. But Jesus, as only the Son of God can do, is not just interested in mending bones or removing impurities. He's interested in saving from sins. Jesus knew what the real man's need was and what his, and what his greatest need was. I like how Wearsby says that forgiveness is the greatest miracle that Jesus ever performs. It meets the greatest need, it costs the greatest price, it brings the greatest blessing, and has the most lasting results. I would miss the opportunity if I didn't say to you, have you experienced the full forgiveness of God in your life through what Jesus has done for you, even here at Cairn University? Because you know who he freaked out with that? The religious leaders. The Pharisees... Who can forgive sins but God alone? Let's say it this way. The Pharisees would have passed every theology class that Cairn University ever offers. They had it right. Nobody can forgive sins but God alone. But their error was they did not want to look and say who Jesus is. God, the Son, who has authority to forgive sins. We did a series at church I attend on the subject of doubt. I was reminded of this thought a couple weeks ago. The opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is unbelief. And the object of our faith is more important than the amount of faith we have in that object. The Pharisees had knowledge but lacked faith and chose unbelief. The crippled man had a little faith, but the object of his faith changed his life. William Full of Pastor McLean Presbyterian Church put it this way, Jesus is after, just, after our hearts, not just our minds. He's after lives changed, not just intellects grown. Here at Cairn University, Jesus is after our hearts, not just our minds. He's after lives changed, not, not just intellects grown. Is it easier? For men, both real forgiveness and the power to, ha- to heal this paralytic man was impossible. Only God could do either one. Jesus doesn't miss the opportunity in verses 10 to 12 to demonstrate who he is. Can you imagine the tension in the room? The friend's looking down. Man, he's changed into this forgiveness of sins. Yeah, we know we all mess up, but just heal him. The people watching. I say the owner of the house, wondering what his wife's going to say when she gets home. Everybody, the Pharisees, if Jesus doesn't heal this man, he's not Jesus. So the reality of it is the only person not stressed at all is Jesus. There is wonderful healing power in the word of Jesus. So much so that we see it. Which one is easier for me to say? He calls them out where they are. And then he says, I tell you, take up your mat and go home. 
The friends peel out of the roof. Now they stay around to help out, I'm sure. That's what you'd do, right? Hang around. Hey, sorry about that, but we really need to do this. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. I can see it parting like, you got to be kidding me. But listen, students, that power is accessible to each one of us. The man came to Jesus in faith, even if it was the borrowed faith of his friends. Let me say this to you. And then we're going to send you to lunch or whatever your next class is. Someone needs your faith journey alongside them this week. My second question to you, or my question to you, who's journeying with you right now where you are to make sure you live for what's most important? My heart cry to you as a student body, I long to see the people in Langhorn, Philadelphia, this community, as you go your various directions, this break, for people to look in your life and say, there's something going on that God's at work in your life. So that the world starts to praise God because of your courageous faith. You know what's interesting to me? I'm watching a world pay attention to the faith of the people of Ukraine. It's deepening people. Some of you are dealing with adversity right now. Some of you are going through some tough times and the person sitting next to you doesn't even know it. Doesn't even realize it. I want to encourage you to move courageously in faith, but most of all, I'm challenging and encouraging you as students to take a look at the person next to you. To find someone who might be sitting all alone at lunch who just needs a friend, who needs some encouragement, who needs you to pray with them before they leave for break. They're going back to a situation where home is not the greatest place to be going to. There's people in this room who don't even want to go home because of the nature of the dynamic of your home life. How are we, as a Cairn family, caring for one another? And then I ask you this, who is alongside of you right now to help you be that change agent in others' lives? We don't do it alone. I challenge you, find a friend or two. Say, hey, what does God want us to do? What can we do to be a difference maker? How can we be part of seeing God do things that only God can get credit for. The four friends, we don't even know their names. Is it possible that what God wants you to do while you are a student here, you are going to do things that touch lives in a way that we'll never measure until heaven? It won't happen unless you look outside of yourself, and it probably won't happen in a meaningful way unless you and others do it together. That's my prayer for you today. Let me pray for you. Send you to lunch. God, thanks for your word. Four friends. Refusing to accept no. Believing that Jesus could do what they could not do. Bouncing their paralytic friend along on that stretcher to get him to Jesus. Help us to be that kind of friend on this campus, off this campus. Help us to be that kind of roommate, teammate, co-worker, leader, servant. Lord, help us to unite with others like-minded so that we can encourage each other in the reality of the moments where we really question how you're at work, when we need that encouragement of another alongside of us. Do a great work in us and through us. 
We'll give you the praise. We'll give you the glory. We pray it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a great day. You're dismissed.